0: Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. From the Comfort Inn in St. Augustine, Florida, <laughs> where I have set up an incredible mobile studio. unbelievable, One of my best of all time, I think. So let me describe for you. Brother Wolven, you can see a little bit. Oh, let yes. me describe for you this high-tech, uh, spare-no-expense mobile studio. So I have my iPod... Um, earbuds hooked into my uh, iPhone. What is that thing, iPad, iPad. Okay. IPad. Uh, I'm listening to you through my Shockwave um, headset on a phone, which is magnetized to the lampshade. <laughs> so
1: <laughs>
0: I don't have to hold that. I have two couch cushions, one over my head, balancing on the lamp, and another and another cushion so that it doesn't fall. And then there's two pillows to help deaden the sound. And still with that, there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, reverb. So I, I, you know, apologize for the less than perfect quality sound, <laughs> but this is way better.
1: Oh, it looks so than, awesome. Speaking into the best, bottom yeah. of a Chick-fil-A cup. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I have a Chick-fil-A cup microphone.
0: bouncing on top of the ice bucket to <laughs> um, so hold my earbuds as my microphone. It's unbelievable. Nothing but the best. Timmy's nothing but the best for you for sure yes (laughs) unbelievable but in spite of that what a great meeting we've started here uh started yesterday which was Sunday and uh man just awesome 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 it was great
1: in the oldest city in the United States
0: yeah that's right that's right
1: now is it older than anything in Canada or no
0: there are some settlements in Newfoundland from uh from the Norsemen many many years before, but nothing established. Okay. They were there. Yes. They set up like yes. a camp, but yeah, no city. Now I don't okay. think so. I think this is the oldest. Yeah, this this church has been so good to me. I've been preaching here for about twelve years, and uh, I come about every other year and just had some great great meetings here, uh, Heritage Baptist Church with Pastor Gary Martin, just a great guy. And uh, it's an incredible situation. Their daughter is deaf. And uh, when they moved here, uh, there's a school here for the deaf. It's a quite famous school, uh, beautiful school. And they had some folks that helped them. And uh, I don't know if they moved with that in mind, but it definitely was a help for them. And just an incredible family. Their son, Jared, is uh, the assistant pastor now and will most likely be the pastor here one day he's a great great young man his only fault is that he married harry strachan's daughter that's the only <laughs> downfall he has and uh joanna is a sweetheart i love her i've known her since she was born and so it's great to see her and uh, relive some of those ties and then also aaron Aylstock is here and aaron awesome. is like betty Aylstock's son And uh, most will know that Mike Aylstock started the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas. Amen. And uh, so he was my predecessor and a dear friend and a great guy. So I got to spend some time with them as well. So it's kind of an old homecoming for me uh, when I come back and uh, brought Ruthie with me this time. And she was here about 10 years ago. Wow. And uh, she's back. So they're all loving on her. So it's been Great. And uh, had a tremendous meeting with the Petricks in Ormond Beach. Amen. And great to see them again, dear friends, over the years. So yeah, it's been a great, great trip. Yep. What's going on there? You're yeah, getting ready for vacation. Yeah,
1: down at uh, the Petricks, uh, we've got former members from our church there. Yeah. We sure they miss so to them. Say hi. Yeah, we miss them yeah. a lot. So uh,
0: yeah, that's great. Awesome. People. Great people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going on with you?
1: Well, we got a lot of things moving, a lot of things preparing, and then. Uh, As we are recording this, while this airs next week, we will be on vacation, Lord willing, for uh, our family, uh, Steve and his family, and Nick and his wife, and Denise and I, uh, we've got a house down in Surfside Beach, just, uh, it is, uh, what, a suburb, or the city right below um, Myrtle Beach, Beach. so looking forward to that, so while this airs, We'll be down there, so.
0: Nah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I have diverted all hurricanes away from you. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out at the beach every day with a towel, waving as hard as I can <laughs> to keep the storms away. Thanks. Hurricane I appreciate Lee it. Hurricane Lee went by us here. Yeah, Hurricane Lee went by us here, and really, we didn't see much of it. There was a little bit of rain. The the waves were pretty good. I got to mm. tell you, I wish I wish you and I could have had a couple boogie boards <laughs> and uh, hit the waves. It Would have been a ton of fun. <laughs> We'd have been shark bites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. they did have a shark bite a guy's face not too far from here last week. So wow! Be careful when you're out there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's going on. They're uh, they're getting hungry. So I don't. He didn't. He didn't hurt the guy. He just bit his face. <laughs> I mean, he hurt him, but he didn't yeah. kill him. So yeah. So watch out for that. Watch out for that.
1: I will. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, uh this week I got a phone call from uh, a pastor who's really gone through a tough time. And I've had this call several times yes. over the length of my ministry. So have that I you have as well. Uh pastor called and said, I've got to deal with sin in the church and I'm having a really tough time. We've had some things happen and the family is very upset that i want to deal with it uh they're probably going to leave the church um it's just a sad situation and in part because they were very close to the family they were very active in the church uh became you know pers- close or close personal friends and now you know and having to deal with this and so I thought maybe this week we could talk about dealing with situations in the church and how to deal with those and some of the consequences of dealing with those and some of the good things that have happened in dealing with those. Maybe some personal things. Of course, we're not going to use names or anything like that, but some situations that we've had to deal with where we've had to you know, either publicly or at least approach the church with some difficult situations. You've had to do that, I'm sure?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: How 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 does that play out for you in most cases?
1: Well, we're a little bit too far down the road there, but it's uh, by the time you have to say something in public, um, you know, we, we've already gone past quite a few different, quite a few different things that we would try to be taken care of first. But it's always difficult. It's always difficult. Um, yes. Many times you if someone is um, somebody is involved in something that they should not be which is a lot of people uh, but when you start talking about somebody who is uh, hurting the testimony of the church that's a little bit different and so mm-hmm. um, you know it's always difficult it's always hard
0: yeah how many times or what percentage of people do you think that you've had where you've had to deal with something that was you know a public a public thing or people knew about it how often do people leave the church in those situations do you think what percentage
1: oh i i would think overall i think it's very high um yeah it and it does not matter the size of the church you know i i know uh at cleveland baptist uh, you know some situations that we wanted to deal with or or began or tried to deal with um, and and people just went away instead of mm-hmm. dealing with it um, right and then in in our church here, we've had a couple of, few instances of of different things like that. but just preachers that I know, just like what you said, we wind up talking over the course of you know forty years now of just right. being in the ministry that sometimes a lot of guys will call and ask for advice, but many times they'll call just to go, man, you know, I, I just need encouragement, you know, because I don't want to deal right. with this. Most of us right. don't like dealing with problems.
0: No, especially those ones, because you know, once you once you get into it, you know, Somebody's going to leave the church, and they're going to take people with them. People never leave alone. I, there was a famous preacher that said that. I can't remember who it was, but that's that seemed to have been true in my life, that people always want to take people with them. They want to get people to side with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it salves their conscience a little bit to do that. Why Why don't we want to take care of problems? If somebody came to me and said, hey, your daughter, your son, you know, your wife— uh, there's a problem. Why? Why do we often want to deflect that away, or why do people not want to deal with that? Especially in light of the church, where right? I'd have to come to the church and say, "Hey, listen, I messed up. My family messed up. My kids messed up, and we're sorry. and we, And we want to make that right, and and we want to do right by the church, and we we need your help in restoring this person." back into a right relationship with the church. Why, why do people shy away from that or, or not want to do that?
1: I think it's because we live by feelings. You know, basically, yeah. we, we are a society anyway that we live by feelings. You know, feelings are the only thing that matters. I, I, I know Christian people, people that, you know, claim to know Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, who um, have changed their positions— uh, about sinful practices, because they just, you know, they want to be kind, or they they don't want to, they don't want to sound like they're pharisaical, and it has nothing to do with that. You, the object always is to get right with God. That that's right. our goal. And so, if right. I as a as a Christian am going to try to get right with the Lord. I'm going to be willing to do anything that it takes to get right with the Lord.
0: Mm -hmm. And And I don't think people realize the message that you send to your family and friends when you try to override what the Bible says about sin and dealing with sin. When you say, we're not going to do what the Bible says, we're not going to do what the church says, we're not going to do what our pastoral leadership wants us to do. If it is in align, alignment with the Bible, yes they, yes, they are sending a strong bad message that, hey, do whatever you want, do whatever you want. There's no consequence for what you do, and you know we'll just kind of let it go and not worry about it, and everything will work out and everything's peachy keen. That just that is not what happens. I've seen so many times people who have walked away from the church because of sin involvement. And it only escalates and becomes worse and worse. And you teach your kids as parents that, listen, you don't have to listen to authority. You don't have to You don't have to give in to those in authority. And pretty soon that comes back on the parents. Pretty soon the parents say, okay, now we, we do have to deal with this, and we're going to deal with this as a family. And the kids say, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to do what you want because now you're the authority. And we haven't had to listen to authority, so why would I listen to you? That's what I see often comes back and that's that's when things really get, start to get devastating.
1: Yes. Um, there are so many facets and so many times and so many instances that you have to – you can deal with situations and it doesn't always need to be the worst case scenario all the time. Mm-hmm. But the goal is that somebody's going to get right with the Lord. That, that's the goal. It, it's not like there's a formula. It's not like if somebody's involved with something uh, that is detrimental to not only themselves and their spiritual growth, but it becomes a detriment to the church body. There, There's definitely a misunderstanding in general of what the church is and our, our participation and involvement with it. You know, we think sometimes church membership is like something through the church office, uh, and and it really isn't because we, we now are, are part of each other, as the Bible says. And so, uh, you know, when one brings reproach upon Christ, it isn't the idea, well— we're embarrassed or uh, how dare you do this because you're making me look bad that has nothing to do with it and has everything right. to do with uh you know let's try to be a chaste virgin for Jesus Christ so you right. know a pastor has a has like a threefold responsibility when things When something will arise within the church body, uh, we don't always have to deal with it publicly. But when something arises in the church body, we have an obligation to the members themselves. We are the shepherd, and we want their best, or we should. Secondly, uh, we're the overseer. We're the bishop. And so uh, we have to make sure that uh, if there's some errors that we may have made, that we correct them. Uh, If there are errors that uh, are oversights in just the general overseeing of the church and its ministries in general, then we need to make adjustments there. Uh, And then thirdly, we're going to stand before—I am going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and, Mm -hmm. and I will not only give an account of what I have done personally, but I will also give an account of what I have done to the body of Christ, uh, Mm -hmm. our North Columbus Baptist Church. As an assistant pastor at Cleveland Baptist Church, I will give an account for what I have done to the Lord um, and whether or not I have affected or harmed that body. But as the pastor... I'm going to give an account to God on what I have allowed, what I have permitted, what I have, um, you know, instigated, what I have directed, um, you know, how I've reacted. Because all of that, I'm going to give an account to Jesus Christ for what I have done in his stead here. And that is that is scary.
0: Yes, I, I just had a thought as you were saying that you talk about the body of Christ, but you know the church is also the bride of Christ. Yes, and I think about how how do you deal with different situations, and I think we'll talk about this a little more on Wednesday and Friday. But so if somebody is caught, they're a church member and they're doing drugs, how do we deal with that? If they get drunk, how do we deal with that? If a girl gets pregnant out of wedlock, how do we deal with that? And I think if we think of the bride of Christ how that impacts the bride of Christ. There, there are definitely things that impact the bride more than others. They're not good. They're not right. Uh, they're things that we need to deal with, but there's definitely things that become a greater offense to the bride of Christ. And as a pastor, as I'm dealing with these things, I have to, I have to figure out how do I deal with this, keep the church pure, uh, bring people into a right relationship again, how do you bring restoration? I think if we look at the church in that light, if I would rape someone, if I raped the bride of Christ, if I killed the bride of Christ, what what impact does that have on the heart of Christ? So as a pastor listening today, and I know many are going through some of these things, and part of the problem today is that the the Position of the pastor is not such a revered position as it has been in the past, I don't think. And so the pastor does not always represent, you know, the representation of Christ, as you alluded to. Uh, He's just a guy who looks after the church. He's just the preacher. He's just the CEO of this corporation. And so that's a little bit difficult. But as a pastor, we are commanded of Christ to keep that church as pure as we possibly can. And for those listening today who are not a pastor, you've got to understand that. You've got to understand the onus of responsibility upon a pastor to keep that church pure and right. And if you're the one that brings a stain, then you're the one that has to be dealt with. That's why we want you to stay right. That's why we preach so hard about staying right and staying away from sin. But we all know people slip, people fall, people dive into sin sometimes. And so that has to be dealt with. How do you deal with that? and keep people in the church? That's the big question. And I will close by saying this, that I think the biggest problem in dealing with sin, especially open sin, is that people get embarrassed. And you've talked about emotion. Yes. Embarrassment is the thing. I don't want to be embarrassed, I don't want to embarrass my family, but you know what, sin brings embarrassment. But here's the great news, Jesus Christ is a forgiver of sin. Amen. And wants us to be forgiven of sin, and wants us to go on and be a testimony of forgiven sin, and that's what we strive for.
1: Amen. Yes. So um, it really is a multifaceted and a multi-layered situation. Um, You know, let's say whenever you said caught doing drugs, okay, Mm -hmm. arrested. Or right. parents walked in and said, "What in the world are you doing?" You know, there, right. there's a big, big difference there. Um, you know, somebody um, came forward and hit the altar, and then made an appointment with you and said, "You know what? I've been embezzling from our company." Um, you know, what should I do? Well, you're going to need to go to the police or, so, uh, you know, that's a different thing. So that hits the headlines in the, in the local newspaper that, you know, member of this church, you know, is done. Well, he's the one who instigated it. And so in his repentance, as he's taken the steps, you know, it, you're able to guide and direct. All right, now you're probably going to need to step back from this. And if you have this responsibility, I think that it'd be wise for you to give up that responsibility. Uh, you know, it just that, that's completely different. Um, you know, maybe a, you know a girl, and and I know people will say, "Well, yeah, you're always picking on the girl. Well, she's the one bearing the child." You know, and right. so. That becomes very evident sooner or later. That becomes evident. And so, um, you know, just every kind of a situation is going to be a different situation, and how you react to those should be biblical in a response that is designed for that person to get back in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow, good statement. Good statement. Good close. We'll pick that up on Wednesday and talk about maybe some situations like that and how we've had to deal with those and uh, maybe some things we did right, maybe some things we didn't do so right. Uh, I know starting out in the early days, man, I didn't handle some things right and had to kind of learn as I went, and most of us do, so we'll deal with that. From the mobile studios of Tim Cox. <laughs> Here in beautiful Saint Augustine, oh, Florida.
1: You gotta take a picture of that and post it on Instagram or I'll something. Do it. That I'll put is it on my Instagram. Absolutely hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah, representing Chick fil A today, uh, Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Hortons has stepped aside for just a moment while we do the American icon Chick fil A. Uh, we do have three now in Canada, three whole Chick fil A's. Wow. So it's growing. It's growing in Canada by leaps and bounds. So. <laughs> I will tell you this that I have a friend who works at a Chick fil A here in Florida, and she said that their store alone, is on course to make $10 million this year. One store, wow, $10 million. So I'm going to see if I can get in on that. Uh, I'm going to see if I can uh, get an ownership and move on. <laughs> BPS, here we come. So, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, so uh, sound quality won't be super great, but uh, the office space is incredible, and I'll post that so people can see that. <laughs> I'm Al Stone. I'm traveling on. This is
1: Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio, talking about things that make us absolutely sick in the pit of our stomach yes, and that yes. we never, never want to deal with. We wish we could sort of shrink away from. Uh, we would love to just go on vacation for a month and come back, and it's all handled. I mean, we just dread these kind of things, But it's, but it's just part of the ministry. And so, yeah. hope that this is a, a blessing, an encouragement, a little bit of warning that uh, would make us all perhaps maybe think a little bit more soberly.
0: Or you can just go into evangelism and not have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> it's awesome. 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 <laughs> you just take the phone calls and weep with people and say, wow. I really miss that. I really miss dealing <laughs> with all that. I'm going back to passing just because I want to deal with some serious problems. <laughs> this is Tim Talks, the Tim Talks, your number one independent Baptist ah, podcast of all times. Here it is. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back on Wednesday. Have a great day, eh? We'll see you Wednesday. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T I I M talks.com.